Good morning, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Judy Como. I'm so excited to be here with you. Uh, this program is pre-recorded to be played at this time, so um, we're not going to be able to take any calls today, but uh, we're here in the studio. Uh, Thaddeus, good morning. Good morning, Judy, and let's go ahead and say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Even Christmas. today we're saying it, right. we're still in Advent. We're still in Advent, but you're going to be hearing this. It's going to be two days after Christmas, and we hope everyone is having a very, very happy Christmas. Celebrating the birth of our Lord. That's right. Very exciting time. Um, I've gotten, you know, are you going to go out of, out of town for, for Christmas? Around yes. the Christmas well, the, today holiday. Today we're recording this. I'm leaving this afternoon to go to Louisiana for our uh, Cajun Christmas. And then the, okay. the fo- following week, we have uh, lots of music practice for four o'clock uh, Christmas Eve mass. We mm-hmm. always look very forward to that and bringing out all the bells, pun intended, and whistles. We're going to have all the. <laughs> Know when to make the opening song a little bit longer because we're incensing the whole place and all the pomp and circumstance. Right. We've had our little uh, 24 days of no Gloria except right. for the Mass of the Immaculate Conception. That's right. And hopefully we're talking on the 27th of December. You're, or you're, we're not talking on the 27th of December, but you're hearing us on the 27th of December. And hopefully everyone made it through December 24th being the fourth Sunday of Advent and Christmas Eve. Yes. And you got yourself to your fourth Sunday of Advent Mass, and you also made it to Mass for, for Christmas because there's no twofers. No twofers. No. Nope. Two liturgic, separate liturgical celebrations. Yes. Well, so. yeah, you can actually spread it out over three days. You could. You could go to the vigil on Saturday. That Mass might be what we're doing. Yeah. Might be what we're going to do. So. Well, it'll be in past tense now, so you will have done it. Yes. But I don't know yes, what we'll we, have. We what crossed we, the span. I won't know what we did. <laughs> I don't know what we did. We crossed the span of right time yeah. with, this, with this one show. But um, but we're happy to bring on a uh, really a friend of the station. I think absolutely. it's fair to say a friend of the station, friend of the show, close she friend says, of yours. She's a Catholic Terry Lipscomb. radio addict. Catholic hey, radio Terry. addict, <laughs> Terry Lipscomb. Good morning. Good morning. Because we want to. I'm your friend too, Thaddeus. Yeah, I didn't want to be so presumptuous as to say that you're you're my friend. Well, I don't know. Your friend too, Thaddeus. Then you are then you are my friend, and I am so happy to be your friend. Thank you. Yeah. Well, God bless you. God, when you took a long time. There you go. Well, when you work together, uh, we're going to talk about something that we're all working together as we did last year. You really uh, do grow closer in friendship. Yeah, you do. You no really do. What? And that is the coming up. On January 5th and 6th is the second annual Red Sea Family Retreat. Yep. Absolutely. At St. Anthony's. In the Malinowski Center. In the Malinowski um, Center. Yeah, so we've been, uh, Terry, Thaddeus, and I, and another uh, couple of friends, uh, have been working on this retreat for the past, I don't know, four or five months. And uh, we are so excited to talk about that today. Yes, we are. So, Judy, give us a little brief genesis. Where did this Where did this idea for the family retreat come oh, yeah. from? Because well, it, it really started with you. Yes, it did. Um, many years ago, I experienced my first Steubenville Youth Conference in Alexandria, Louisiana. Um, real pivotal, piv- pivotal. Oh, I can't say it. Pivotal uh, part in my faith life was uh, 
experience through the Steubenville Youth Conference. And while there, um, they promoted an upcoming family retreat. One of the teens, Blaine Thompson, and I talked about, oh, wouldn't that be fun? Let's see if we can get our families to come back to this. Uh, and we did. Um, we travel. We rented a suburban, and we all traveled together and made it a pilgrimage. You can't go to Louisiana uh, to Alexandria. Well, you can, but we chose to drive through Lake Charles so we could eat at Steamboat Bills. <laughs> Highly recommend this restaurant to anyone traveling on I ten. Uh, and we went to this family retreat, and it was a, just a wonderful experience um, that I kept looking for an opportunity to bring that experience here uh would it be a youth ministry function would it you know looking for the right venue avenue to bring this and uh fast forward to my being on the board at here at red sea and thaddeus's welcoming party and we i don't know why the holy spirit of course uh prompted me to talk about Maybe the Red Sea Apostolate is the vehicle, vehicle. that could uh, yo me a coke <laughs> <laughs> that could bring this retreat. So we talked about it, and um, here we are promoting our second annual retreat. And somehow, Terry, you got roped into to helping out with this. How did you get roped in? <laughs> and what do you love about helping Planet? Oh, I just so excited with the fact of being able to include all our parishes in the Brazos Valley, all our Red Sea radio listeners. It's just what a beautiful opportunity for us to cross the invisible boundaries that we've been trying after I've been here 30 years and and have seen these boundaries being erased little by little. Mm -hmm. And this is a fruit to me of that. And just being able to come together as a group from all the parishes, different families that, as we all know, Judy and I are roaming Catholics. We roam <laughs> from one parish to another, and we get to see these families that we have come to know um, join us at this community event at, at um, the beautiful facility of St. Anthony that Father Joseph has so graciously opened up for us again. And honestly, I don't think there's another facility in town that could host it as well as it did from the general area to the breakout areas to the church the chapel the nursery and the nursery itself is the most beautiful asset of this to allow families with children of all ages to come together and give the parents a chance to bring the children somewhere where they'd be very well taken care of the babies have places to nap we're feeding them. We have a place for all ages to come and just be fed as a group and come back as a family together and share it. That's what I think is so wonderful about this event. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, and not only everything that you said, but for uh, the family to have time together. Uh, the kids of this age go off and do this. The husband and wife uh, or whatever your family looks like. If you're a single family, we don't want you to think that this is not something that you could participate. Or if your husband couldn't come on that day, there's uh, lots to be uh, gained to benefit from attending this. Um, in such a busy, busy world that we live in, to have the opportunity to 
for your spouse and yourself to hear a talk, discuss it, apply it, just to take, you know, that's what a retreat is all about, just mm-hmm. to take time to slow down. Mm-hmm. And um, so all oh, these are many of the aspects that we hope is going to happen on these right. days and much, much more. Right. And the theme of the retreat is being present to our families through the real presence. So the the point of the of the retreat, sure, we're proposing the a norm. Uh, the church is is saying that the the norm and God's plan for the family is husband and wife and children. But it's a fallen world that that we live in, and so we are inviting families who have a single parent situation, widows, widowers, grandparents that might be having the responsibility of raising children for whatever reason, um, newly married couples that don't yet have children. Absolutely. Engaged couples, I think, could even profit from this. Um, So there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different forms of attendees Mm -hmm. who can who can come and we want to come and can profit from this because the the retreat is about how do we be more there for one another in the family? How do we uh, make sure that we're taking time for the human development of, of the spouse of the children? And we think that the key to that is being more, in touch with and in tune with and and devoted to the Eucharist because that is the real presence of our, our Lord. And if we let him into our lives, if we let him into our families uh, and adore him in the Eucharist, we're going to be more inclined to adore one another, you know, in, in the proper order. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh, and um, what we have hoped to incorporate in this day and a half essentially, is uh, to get to know each other and our in our families, just to spend time together, having fun, sharing a meal, um, and know other people throughout the area who may be there that you've not had time to be intentional in your relationships and and share our our joys and our uh, shortcomings and how to help each other through those, uh, some of those times and the challenges as our families grow and the dynamic changes. Uh, Terry has uh, grown adult children and grandchildren and still has children in school. And uh, the wealth of knowledge uh, of how that's changed, uh, your parenting and uh, things have changed. And some of those things are going to be addressed um, let, let's talk about our keynote speakers. Um, yeah, wow. We've got the we've got the Alexanders, Greg and Julie Alexander of the Alexander House in San Antonio, coming in to be our keynote speaker. They're going to speak at ten a.m. on Saturday. They're going to stick around through the retreat on Saturday. They're going to also speak, Greg to the men, Julie to the women, respectively. And they, boy, they have had what a story they've had in their own marriage. You know, they're. they're their marriage counselors and engaged couple counselors in in San Antonio. But I think they're going to really be able to talk in a very personal way about how their marriage was in a really bad shape at one point. But what they did is they made the Lord more present in their lives. They decided to turn their 
marriage over to God's care and really say, what do I need to give up? What do I need to sacrifice in order to save this thing? You know, who do, I need to turn myself over to you. And they and they did that. And I th- and, and they're going to speak in a very uh, real way to that. And I think give some advice on how to how to do that in whatever situation you're in. Yeah, I'm getting cut off and on the. Oh, okay. okay. I was saying you've heard the Alexanders. You've heard the Alexanders yes, speak before. I have went to one of their. Um, they've had a, a marriage series that we attended at St. Joseph quite a few years ago, and um, I was very impressed with their story of, you know, they came from the rock bottom, and and came back through the grace of God, and saved their marriage. So. I think they're a really wonderful, wonderful um, couple to talk to us in in all stages of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like you said, whether we have young children or adult children, and even though if you do have only have adult children left, your family still plays such an in- intricate role in helping our children grow in their faith. Because, like I tell my children, I will always be your mom, and I always have the duty and responsibility to help with their continued growth and in, in forward in our faith. And I know we have some guidelines and some boundaries, but most of all, living what it's supposed to look like is a huge witness to our adult children. Attending ongoing retreats and education that shows that we're still, we haven't arrived, we'll never arrive. And living that as an example for all of ages of our children is so important to continue to grow in our faith. Yeah. Um, one aspect of the retreat that, um, Terry, you were uh, very interested as, as the kids, uh, the track of what's going to go on with our um, kids while we're over at the uh, listening to these talks. And, um, you know, this from sixth grade through high school, you were really encouraging us to get the was, high yes. schoolers. I was, I was really hoping to teach our child, older children how to serve, and which would mean helping teach the younger children. As, as a lot of families don't have what I've had the grace of, of younger children being able to teach younger, older children be able to teach younger children. And really, I, I know that you fall in love with your faith, and you really show that you believe your faith when you teach your faith. So giving our young high school children the opportunity to have a place where they could be guided by college children or another group, but also just be there to serve and and to teach is such a beautiful thing for our children to learn. Then it will become more natural as we become intentional disciples. To me, that really plays in that where our children can learn to be um, how to teach and just be there for someone else and not just looking into what they can get out of it, but what they can give. Right. And this is going to provide a great opportunity for that for our high schoolers. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, the date of our retreat is January 5th and 6th. And the Friday night uh, is going to be a very social time. Uh, we're going to have a BYOB meet and greet uh, with a potluck dinner. Uh, The whole family will stay together on Friday night. Uh, We're going to have a really fun, interactive time. Uh, Taylor Schroll and I are going to lead some fun (laughs) icebreakers. Uh, We're going to be real goofy. 
some little team competition and things like that. And then we're going to end the evening with a Eucharistic adoration. Uh, Deacon Mike Bouvet is going to lead us in an adoration, bring the Blessed Sacrament over into the Malinowski Center. And we're just going to have some quiet, prayerful time, a little praise and worship music along with that. In the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. We're going to be present to each other as he is present to us. Um, Close with benediction. Saturday morning begins uh, with the opportunity to attend daily Mass. Uh, Father Joseph, so gracious to uh, pray Mass for us that morning. We're going to have breakfast. Move into our keynote speakers. Meanwhile... Our children of all ages will be over in our other uh, the multipurpose building. Uh, nursery is provided. Um, the Focolori uh, Apostolate will be there uh, with a program for the elementary children and the older uh, teens and um, uh, children. I, you know, I'm always a say teens. We'll help facilitate that. We'll have lunch. We will. Uh, breakout sessions. We will have the Chaplet of Divine Mercy where we'll all pray together. At three o'clock, right? At three o'clock. And then we'll uh, end the day with uh, some some family time to to kind of family table time. Digest the day, the rest of the day. Chew on what they uh, learned and have some conversation as a family, be present to one another that way. So yeah, and there's going to be two, two runs or two courses of breakout sessions and so you'll be able to, if a couple, a husband and wife was able to, was going to split up, they could hear all the, all four, all four talks, breakout sessions, all four um, breakout sessions, and then share with one another later about what, what they got. So we're really excited about it. It's going to be $40 per family. We still think that that's a great, just go to redsearadio.org slash retreat to sign up. And we really encourage you to come out and be a part of the second annual Red Sea Catholic Radio Family Retreat. And that's about all the time we have front end of the show. We do. And so stick around and listen to our interview. Our guest is Chuck Condola and is going to talk about the CHI St. Joseph Foundation. Come back. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. This is a recorded session of Red Sea Roundup uh, to be played on the date that you're actually hearing it. So um, welcome back to the show. Uh, I'm your host, Judy Como. And today I'm so excited to talk to a friend of mine who happened to be sitting next to me at Loopy Tortilla a couple of weeks ago and said, I want to be on your show. You're my first guest that walked up and said, I've got something to say on the radio, and uh, that's always exciting that I didn't have to seek you out because I wouldn't have known it. Uh, My guest's name is Chuck Condola, a familiar name to the Bryan College Station listening area, um, and we'll explain why that is so, but he is the director 
of the foundation at CHI, St. Joseph Catholic Hospital. Chuck, welcome to the show. Judy, thanks for having me. I'm um, very excited to be here, and thanks for, thanks for letting me come on the show. Well, it's awesome. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Chuck, I always feel that uh, when we tell our story and we tell why we are here today and the things that led up to it is what makes it so um, engaging to those that are listening to your story. So I know you have a, a story to tell that brought you to be the director of the foundation. And so uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and in that aspect. Well, I lost a bet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, so, you know, if, if you backtrack even beyond that question, the Condorlas have been involved with St. Joseph for decades. Mm-hmm. M- and my mother started working there as a nurse in the late 50s. And uh, until our family moved from Bryan in 1980, she was the nurse. So they moved to the new location in uh, 71, the location that we're at now. I call it the new location because you can tell I'm from Bryan. Right, which um, uh, was in my backyard growing up and going to St. Anthony's. It was there. It sure was. There, That's right. right. There. So you could see it every Sunday. And the, the old location on 28th is where mom started as a nurse. And uh, I remember a reverence for that for that place and for that mission, for the sisters, for the what they do there every day. That it was never just another hospital job. That it was something that she passionately you know, it, it, it impacted our family because she so passionately served her vocation as a nurse there. And I, let's see, I think Joe and I were the only ones born at the uh, uh, Franciscan location. Um, everyone else was born on 28th Street. But, and uh, that's quite a number. Uh, that's quite a number. That's right. Mom had 12 children there and, and one baby who passed uh, just before term. So 13 pregnancies and deliveries at St. Joseph. Um, and so, you know, ask me what she did for a living. She was a L&D nurse. Uh, she, was, <laughs> she was a scrub nurse. She helped with surgeries. Um, she helped with deliveries. She helped with, with babies after they were born and with mothers after they were born. She hired Karen Boone, who was the young, the young nurse out of uh, nursing school, and mom was getting ready to leave. And Karen just retired after a wonderful career there at St. Joseph that honored the mission of St. Joseph. And um, mom, I guess— there's such a presence in her faith with everything that she did. I'll never forget when she was um, when she was lying in state at at uh, Christ the Good Shepherd at her rosary. A woman walked up to me and just said, "Your mother made me want to be a nurse. I worked with your mother and her her dignity that she treated the patients with, her love, her faith, um, her presence, and and her unselfish ways that she did her job and and put the patient first always, even if that meant." Going toe-to-toe with a, a, an administrator or, or a doctor, it didn't matter, the patient came first, that, that made me want to be a nurse. So I loved working with your mom. And I said, oh, well, when did you become a nurse? And she told me middle of 1979. And what blew me away was that meant that she worked with my mom for a year. Mm-hmm. So just a year. That's all she was exposed to mom with. <clears throat> and... Mom left in 1980 with the rest of us uh, to Corpus Christi with a job that my dad took. So this woman was coming up to me now in, in 2012 talking about someone impacted her for just a year's exposure mm. all those years ago. And it, was, it really touched me. And, and that's St. That's Joseph. I mean, the, the people that are there that have gone through um, any changes in health care and, and, you know, as an as a industry, you would call it. There's so many changes there with, that are 
making it very hard on, I think, people to work in that field some days. There's a lot of administrative and red tape and that sort of thing. But I feel like they'd walk through fire for the same reasons my mom did, because they truly care about patients. And that's that's something that I've always seen, even since I was a little boy at St. Joseph. And, and so many people, Jack and Villarreal and, and uh, you know, the Karen Boons, the people that mom knew and loved and trained and worked with, um, Work, you know, coming in there now as, the, as in my new role, I still see that. And I'm so proud of that. So that's always inspired me to also be a part of what Saint, what does St. Joseph need? And I've done volunteer with, uh, I've been a volunteer in the past with fundraising, other efforts they had. Most recently as a, as a Bryan City Councilman, when they were looking at building the only level two trauma center in the area, um, we were keenly aware of what they wanted to do there and some infrastructure improvements that they needed. And so we worked hard to make sure that those things could happen as well in our budget and planning and, and, and establishing a hospital district. And, you know, St. Joseph, just in emergency services, writes off more money to the people of the Brazos Valley uh, than a lot of hospitals uh, might, might hope to make. Um, they do that because of the mission. And again, that's what the overriding theme is as someone who's observed St. Joseph now for 44 years, mm-hmm. is the mission is, if you want to put it in a, in a layman's terms, you're going to give the best medical care with the best staff and physicians and nurses of any hospital in the area of any of God, for any of God's children without, ability, uh, without worrying about their ability to pay for that bill. And if you think about that, that's that's a that's a holy mission. That's not. Would you just say that hospital. that's something unique to the hospital because of its uh, Catholic, the connection with being a Catholic hospital? I, I do. It, you'll hear the phrase the Catholic standard of health care. That's not you know come in the door and we're going to hand you a rosary. Uh, that's <laughs> that's yeah. more of a as Catholics who started that that tradition. And I'm speaking now the Sisters of Sylvania, Ohio. Over 100 years ago, they started mm-hmm. that tradition there. They brought it to Bryan 82 years ago. So for 82 years, St. Joseph has been in Bryan with that mission, with, with that very much that identity. So yeah. that is what has made people uh, love the hospital, to see it as a big part of our community. There's hospitals that might come and go or change names and, and, uh, and leave and this, that, and the other. St. Joseph is here. It's always mm-hmm. been here. Yeah, I asked the question, you know, when any intro to a Matthew Kelly book or one of his lectures starts, you know, um, we, we sometimes as Catholics don't identify ourselves as the Catholic Church feeds more people, cures mm. more yeah. people, clothes yeah. more people, educates more people. It's part of our Catholic identity that kind of goes by the wayside, I guess. Uh, so I was just wondering when, you know, so I want to kind of make that point again that the cat, this hospital writes off more than some hospitals make. Um, That's a yeah. dynamic statement. And, and when you think about, when you think about that Catholic standard of care uh, of why is that? It's because you're really seeing the humanity of every person. Mm-hmm. And there's not judgment. There's not, oh, you should have taken better care of yourself, these sorts of things. There's only you belong to God, and therefore I'm taking care of you. And whoever that caretaker is, the, the nurse, the hospital, that is the, the standard of care at a Catholic hospital. Whether you're Catholic or not, whether you even believe in God or not, we believe that God made you, and so we're going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something to be very proud of and, and quite unique, I think, that, that Catholic identity. Great. So through your uh, passion for St. Joseph 
hospital, and you said as your uh, councilman position got you involved in volunteering and things like that, things have kind of shifted in your life recently. You know, it, um, it, it constantly cracks me up how the Holy Spirit takes me through this life and puts me in different places. Um, when my position with uh, city council ended, all the while we were surviving on our, our family's business. But with the fact that I have a family of nine, um, health care and benefits are something that we really wanted to have back in our life. So I went back into medical sales, which is something I'd done for 10 years previous to service on city council. Um, in a short time, I realized that I, I really, uh, that, was a, that was a great opportunity. And the company that gave me that opportunity, I'm, I'm greatly indebted to. But I realized that there was there's something just more I wanted to do to serve. And then in, in, I guess, my affiliation with the hospital and knowing some of the leadership, in June, I was sworn in to be uh, the shortest serving member of the St. Joseph Board of Directors. <laughs> Uh, so in June, I, I, ascend, I assumed that role as one of the members of the board of directors, executive board. It was great because I got to see a lot of things, uh, particularly behind the scenes that are going on with the hospital and in the future and announcements to be made. And they're very exciting. Um, wish I could tell you more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the foundation was something that St. Joseph wanted to start pursuing again. That foundation had been sitting for a year where people were doing bits and pieces of it, but there wasn't a dedicated director of the foundation. Uh, I was blessed that one of my friends and a member of leadership asked me to consider that role. Uh, I found out later that another member of leadership actually wanted me to do it a year before, but he just didn't think I would take the role. So that was very flattering. Um, I send, I took the role October 23rd. So I've been there a short while. And my, my number one priority right now, I think, is to work on a couple of serious misconceptions in the community about our foundation and about our hospital. Right. Uh, as we get to those, um, I want to kind of have a visual of who we're talking to because the CHI um, network covers, uh, you told me, seven counties in you, the Brazos Valley. You, yes. So the Brazos Valley, any county that touches Brazos, there's seven counties involved. That is who CHI St. Joseph Regional Health Center in Bryan, Texas, looks to serve. And they serve that with other clinics and hospitals in those areas. And so when you look at a clinic or hospital presence, you have Bryan, College Station, Belleville, Caldwell, Madisonville, Hearn, Lexington, serving those counties. And then you have the Burleson Manor and the St. Joseph Manor as well, mm -hmm. along with a lot of talented and dedicated physicians and nurses and staff in those areas. Yeah, so and that... Some of that is our listening area, so that's why I was certainly uh, wanted to have you on, and so the ears that are listening today would uh, it would resonate with their experience and uh, ability to receive s service from CHI St. Joseph. You know, not only their ability to receive service, but their ability to support, I think, a holy mission and calling that the sisters brought here 82 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at those counties, and again, having served on council, I'll tell you, you know, you have a lot of people that are working poor. You have a lot of people that are that are okay and getting by until they have a major health occurrence, a, a health challenge. And then they have, um, that can change someone's life financially. Mm -hmm. that, can, that can make people make big decisions about their health or not getting the help they need. And so when you look at a, a a calling and a mission like that of, of St. Joseph, that's something that every one of us 
should be proud to have in our backyard mm-hmm. and should should prayerfully oh. consider supporting yeah, it. Yeah, I would think that you couldn't walk down the street and talk to 10 people that health care is not very important in their lives or the lack of health care. And uh, the <clears throat> excuse me, the scene of Bryan and College Station that's changed since St. Joseph was over on 28th Street, um, you know, you have choices. We have several hospitals here now and some I, of that I hadn't noticed no no i'm just kidding, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't go to the mall then <laughs> you you do and, and no uh, i don't <laughs> no no i'm sorry you do, oh no i don't go you, to the mall but i do know <laughs> no, you you do go to Lupe tortilla i saw you there um no you do have choices you do have choices right. for health care and that's why i think um you know if you, if you lay them all out there are the other hospitals uh uh bad no no, I think we're t- we're blessed to have a talented uh, uh, physicians mm-hmm. and, and folks at different hospitals here. Uh, the standard of care is is often universal, but the mission behind St. Joseph, how they carry out that standard of care, the patient treatment, all focused around again an 82 year tradition of helping mm-hmm. all of God's creatures, no matter whether they whether they can pay or not. Um, I think that's something that is very special at St. Joseph, and something that I get to see every day. And again, for 44 years, have observed the, the reverence that people work there with their vocation and not just a job. Mm-hmm. And, and boy, I really have to brag on, on that. I mean, when you walk through the hallways there, that's that you really can't tell it is special. People, people try to greet each other. People try to lift each other up. Um, Sister Gretchen, who is a longtime CEO says, and her quote is uh, right on the wall outside of my office. And it says, reach out, uh, reach out to others, reach out to help each other. Or, uh, gosh, I said it wrong. Um, <laughs> but it, but her, her quote is basically support each other, lift each other up so that we can do this work, this holy work. And I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes me very proud to work there. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about some misconceptions that. Uh... Yes. Um, so when I started on the board in June of CHI St. Joseph Catholic Hospital, <laughs> uh, I had a couple of people say, well, I'm, I'm glad you're there. I hope they stay Catholic. CHI stands for Catholic Healthcare Initiatives. It's a it's the largest holding company of hospitals, Catholic hospitals, in the United States. So, our mission and and them coming on board are, are not uh, opposed to each other, and our mission hasn't changed, and it's not going anywhere. Even most recently, with the merger with Dignity, you know, you've got a, a bunch of Sylvanian Ohio nuns forming a Saint Joseph, and that mission continuing. And now you've got a bunch of Irish nuns. But who doesn't love Irish nuns? Maybe <laughs> like French nuns, but uh, uh, you got a, a bunch of Irish nuns coming in here with um, Dignity and their mission. And that merger taking place next year is going to create a, uh, a, a an enormous organization. In, in, a, in a time when hospitals are, are collaborating and joining up and, and, and linking and marrying each other, we're going to have an opportunity at, at CHI St. Joseph now to include more than 700 care sites, 139 hospitals across 28 states with 159,000 employees and 25,000 physicians and a combined revenue of the two healthcare systems that is far beyond what we have been accustomed to. So the the ability to work and network and and raise capital to be able to do our mission, I think, is is greatly improved with this merger. But the biggest misconception is that somehow St. Joseph and Brian is walking away from its mission of Catholic health care. And I can tell you, even especially now with this dignity merger, it is only being strengthened. It'll never go away. I had someone tell me 
Well, it's it's different since the sisters left. <laughs> so what's <laughs> left? One, two things. I sit at a desk with a window looking at the four reserve spots for the sisters. Now, some of them park better than others, but they're there. There you go. <laughs> they're there. So the sisters are there, and they're a big part of our day, and they're a big part of, of what we do in mission integration and, and, and everything that we uh, at St. Joseph accomplish. Uh, and they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're everywhere. A friend of mine was recently in rehab. Yes. Um, which is uh, separate from the hospital building-wise, but they're they're there during the day. Uh, Monsignor is Anthony. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Monsignor Malinowski is a, a force. He is my everywhere. Goodness. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've left one part of the hospital and seen him walking out, um, run over here, run over there, come back. I'm on a different side of the hospital, and he's ahead of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's quite amazing. And then, you know, was willing to come to our youth group and hear confessions. And oh, it's just man. A, God bless our holy priest. And I just invite everyone to just well, and have they, a prayerful moment for our holy, dedicated priest who are amen. here for us. And there again, how many hospitals have a chapel where you have holy mass daily? I know. I mean, I—, I that just and for you who try to go to daily mass, it's that four thirty time. You can beat the traffic. That's you're right. in and out. Uh, not that that's the most important thing, of course. But yeah, we moved our parking garage arrangement as well. So now the bottom levels are reserved for patients and visitors. So come on by to daily wow. mass. Absolutely four thirty, and Monsignor will be there. <laughs> he will in force, and so will the sisters, <laughs> and a lot of our staff. It's a beautiful thing. But so that was one misconception that somehow we would be walking away from our mission. And again, the, the merger with dignity even makes it more uh, strengthened that we that we can do. Our, it gives us more tools, I guess, in our tool chest to move that mission into the decades coming in front of us. Uh, the second misconception was that if you donate money to the foundation at St. Joseph, that it's somehow going to Chicago or, uh, excuse me, to uh, Colorado or to Houston to be used throughout the greater CHI division. And that is not true. And and I want to I want to underscore that's a big point because there were people actually changing their charitable contributions, even their legacies, because they thought the money was going to be sent somewhere else. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, the money is deposited here, local bank, and it's used for the reasons you asked it to be used. So if you were helping raise money to buy a piece of equipment or to help have nursing education, which is an enormous expense and something we value very greatly. Again, because we like to think that we have the best staff out there. We want to support them with the education they need. So if you donated money for those things, if you donated money for mission integration, that we continue to live this mission throughout everything we do. And that means um, having a Christian uh, presence in the hospital visible. You know, we decorate for Christmas. We say Jesus, all those things, right? Because that's who brought us there. And that's who called us to this mission. Um, When you donate to those things, the money that you give, again, never leaves this area. It's used here. It banks here. It's 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 collected in here. Your thank you note comes from a guy that was raised here. Um, we greatly appreciate it, and we need it. Uh, we, you know, I, the, the biggest thing I want to tell to people that had that misconception was that it's not true. The money does stay here. But more than that, I want to say thank you. Thank you for supporting 82 years of the Catholic tradition of healthcare. How many souls have you touched with your contributions and help? How many people have come to know the Lord because you're a good example? How many people have, have come to know the Lord because you were able to help us take care of their loved one who lived for years to come and be a part of their life? 
Um, thank you for, for the, again, the vocation you lived out as someone who was a, a good steward of their mm-hmm. community and supported this beautiful thing happening in your backyard. Which ultimately all of our call. Absolutely. All of our call daily. Absolutely. And so the, the thanks could go on and on, but it's a, it's a heartfelt thank you and a, and a prayer that God blesses you. And I do pray daily for our donors too, blessing, just asking God to bless them. But so, so thank you for those donations. And then you're valued. I mean, we had last year, um, we had donors that uh, with our, with our foundation, our director for one year, excuse me, our foundation for one year didn't, didn't have a director. Now we do. It's me. Um, for a year, people weren't touched or, or, or talked to as much. And so a lot of my job is to let to reach out and touch them and not only thank them, but let them know you're valued, you're important to us, and we can't do our mission without you. And that's something that, that's the main reason I wanted to be here today mm-hmm. was uh, the meat of my interview here is to tell you that the foundation appreciates everything that donors have done, that the money has absolutely been local and used for what they want it to be used for. I'm always happy to speak with donors about what our needs are and what they could do to help partner with us living our mission. And they're valued. We, 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 would, be, we would not be where we are without them. And we can't go where we need to go without them. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's some great information. And so as your uh, position has changed from being on the board and being a part of the foundation, Um, part of your job is to spread this uh, uplifting information about what the hospital is and how how that affects everyone that is in the area of being able to come to the hospital and be ministered to in those in those ways. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy to look at. a challenge we have is that you know we're not a new shiny hospital on Highway Six. We're not a uh, we're not a, a standalone ER that uh, advertises a lot. We're we're quietly doing our mission over there. I did I had a little bit of a chuckle uh, at one time because the we our, our Cub Scouts were going to go tour an ER, and uh, and that was being arrangements were being made with a standalone ER. And uh, I had to chuckle a little bit because I, I asked the the parent in charge of making those arrangements, who who wasn't aware that I was about to start working mm-hmm. as the director of St. Joseph <laughs> and wasn't aware that I was on the board of directors. I said, uh, that's excellent. Can we see their uh, telemetry unit, their cardiac rehab unit? Can we can we see their helicopter? <laughs> she, she looked Is at that me, sarcasm? Just a little, just a little. <laughs> I am a condorla. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so God bless them. But I said, let's go, let's go visit a level two trauma center. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you talked about, you know, my job and letting people know what we're doing. Level two trauma centers are rare. They're very rare. And St. Joseph becoming a level two trauma center um, is a big deal. I think that was our, our media did a great job rolling that out to the community. But the discussion about it since has been a little quiet in the community. So I've got to really celebrate that and spike the football a little bit. You have the ability to receive world-class trauma care here, here in Bryan at St. Joseph. Uh, I hear the helicopter leaving each, you know, of course, it's an ambulance. So we, we pray every time the ambulance Absolutely. takes off and comes home. A lot of times when they come home, they're bringing somebody who now needs our mission, mm-hmm. who now needs us to give them the best health care they could possibly get because God made them and that's what we're there to do. Um, I'll never forget the night of the uh, St. Joseph fire. When I was, <clears throat> when I was at the ER, 
and there is a council member and watching them bring our firefighters in. And um, the the helicopters uh, coming in, PHI, sending many uh, helicopters in to get our guys to the burn unit, seeing some of our guys that had passed and some that would pass later. And what a tumultuous and crazy ER that was. And it just struck me how um, in the midst of all that, the attending physician, I won't mention his name because I know he'll be embarrassed, but my gosh, I loved him before, but I had so much respect for him afterwards. The, the nurse that, the, the, there's one nurse in particular who was the queen of the ER that night. I mean, what she said was going on and, and just having done medical cells and been in the ORs, um, watching her professionalism and how they dealt with everything and everyone, including all of us that were frankly, probably looking back, we were in the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> but those were, those were firefighters and no one, you know, there were firefighters in the ER. There were, um, myself, the mayor, the city manager, we were all in the ER watching this, uh, watching this unfold, praying, gosh, there's a lot of prayer and judge, um, you know, is coming in and, and having to do what he did with pronouncing deaths and, um, you know, the honor guard of the firefighters in front of those that had passed and all of that happening here at St. Joseph, um, in Brian and seeing the compassion and the absolute tenacity, the dedication of the staff caring for those firefighters and, and for family members that were coming in and, uh, the, the counseling of other people that needed it right there. I mean, I mean, St. Joseph was there in such an enormous way on one of the darkest nights of our city's history. And, you know, you take, you take a job like this and you realize, yeah, I'm not just working at another hospital. No. I'm working at a piece of us. This is, this is Bryan, Texas, and we serve the surrounding area, the surrounding counties. And St. Joseph is a piece of us. And I guarantee you there's not a Bryan firefighter that wouldn't agree with me. And, um, you know, St. Joseph's been there when our communities had major, major uh, challenges. You, you look at the tornadoes in Bryan, no one was hurt there, but they were on uh, red alert, uh, ready to, to receive anyone. And uh, that means staff members aren't saying, oh, I don't feel good or I don't, I'm sick and I don't want to be there. They're there because they're part of something bigger than themselves. You look at the uh, Hurricane Harvey dancing up and down our coast multiple times and coming back for more. Those were CHI Bryan ambulances driving through flood water down in Houston. Those were our helicopters evacuating people out of hospitals that lost power and couldn't do what they were there to do, bringing them up to Bryan. Mm-hmm. And again, it because God made those people, we were going to give them the standard of care that we were the best standard of care that we were capable of doing with the best staff in the, in the area. That's exactly what we did. And so when you go out and, and, and you're me and you've got to tell the story of St. Joseph, it's not, oh, we have a, a new bell tower, a new uh, uh, day stay and a new four-story tower and it's beautiful. And now we have a new 36-bed uh, ICU and, and critical care and surgery recovery. And we have new helipads and, you know, those, those are neat things. Yeah, we do have those. We do but have all of those. that's not who we are. But who we are is in those moments. And when you support St. Joseph, that's what you're supporting. When you have bonfire collapse mm-hmm. and our firefighters in Bryan and College Station working as a team to save those souls. And those those kids were sent to hospitals in the area. They were sent to St. Joseph as well. Again, God made them, so we're going to take care of them. And, and you know, these are the everyday sicknesses, people being told they have cancer, like my mother, people 
welcoming in their children into the world, people are trying to understand why they can't have children. I mean, these are what St. Joseph uh, people, the family, are dealing with every day. And boy, does it does it shine when the when the when the real stuff when the hard life stuff hits oh, in our community. You're, you're speaking to the choir here. My father passed away there in March, and yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Le- God rest all of the souls of the people that we've talked about, Sister Gretchen. I mean, what a oh my gosh, what a legacy. Legacy is a perfect word. Yeah, what a legacy and um, the stick-to-itiveness of uh, the busyness of a hospital. If you've just been there for whatever reason, the busyness, but to see their presence in in the hallways and their bringing the love of Jesus Christ to every person that they meet. And, and I'll tell you a great story. We had an employee meeting this year, and that was before I sent, uh, took this position and when I was on the board. And so we get to the meeting, and it's it's a it's a morale boosting meeting, trying to get everyone back in touch with our mission and, and and control the things you can control, kind of a meeting. And so we're there, and I think it went off well. There were skits, there were fun. Our leadership were actually in costumes with Marvel superhero kind of stuff. Uh, uh, we had Princess Leia, Batman, Spider Man. I mean, you name it, the Joker. It was it was really funny. Um, so all that went on, but. There was, a, there was a beautiful part, and there was a lady who had an emergency with one of her children who was brought up on stage, and everyone who touched them was brought up on stage as well. So you think about that. Here's a woman holding a child. Who's on the stage? There's about 30 people on the stage. Why? There's a pilot that flew the helicopter out that life flighted her and brought her so that her life could be saved. There's the flight medics. There's the people on the aircraft that, 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 uh, that brought her in. And started helping her at the at the ICU and, and getting her the help she needed, and all of the nurses and doctors and staff that touched that patient. It's a lot of people, but she lived. Her life will be normal, and praise God, we were able to serve that mission uh, for that for that family, and the outcome was a good one. Sometimes that's not God's will, but it was a good one for them. That moment when they were all on the stage, and then another moment when the sisters got up at the end. And they were all talking about the, the mission of St. Joseph and the legacy that is St. Joseph, that you don't just work in another hospital. You're part of an 82-year tradition of being the face of Christ for people and the way that you care for them and the, and the level of care that you give for them. And, and that we have the, uh, the technology and the resources there to do that, but we have more than that. We've got the people and the mission, and that's in their heart. So when you look at all of that— um, and you look at the meeting that was held the next day as a, as a, as a medical re- uh, sales rep in the area, I went to offices calling on Bryan, Texas. I was in Bryan and talking to St. Joseph uh, Clinics. And the number one feedback, the number one thing I got from everyone there was not the, the big the skits and the fun part of the meeting. It was when the mom got up there with her baby and when the sisters got up and talked about the legacy, the history, and, and the mission of St. Joseph and what it is we're there to do. And I just thought that was beautiful. Um, and, and that's where their hearts were. And that's where they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Chuck, as we said uh, at the beginning of this, oh, we have to talk 35 minutes and how quickly that was going to go by. We have just a couple of minutes uh, to wrap this up. And um, if you have something that you want to say, that's great. Otherwise, I'll ask you this question of uh, your Catholic faith being because of your Catholic faith, how 
does that um, encompass your job? Because I would assume our listeners can tell that the passion of this is not just a job for you. This is something that um, means so much. You're such a passionate guy. I experienced that when you were a councilman. Um, so how does your day-to-day Catholic faith strengthen your mission as your job? I've never been more afraid, afraid to fail at a job. I'm afraid to fail. I, my job is to bring in the, the, the money. It's money. I've got to bring in the money so that these beautiful things I've spoken about can happen. And that's the necessary thing that I need. That's the thing that I need help with. That's the thing that I wish would encourage everyone to call me on my cell. I don't care what time, 255-8388. You can go to our, our CHI, um, you can go to CHI St. Joseph's website, saint-joseph.org and click on about us and click on foundation. And you can see there, I'll have an online donation form up soon, but I've never been more afraid that, that I did, wouldn't do a good enough job. And, and before, you, you put pressure on yourself to do well because you're supporting a family. This time I'm supporting a family and a mission that's so important. So my faith grounds me daily with a reality that I need to hit it out of the park each day. Being new and, and getting my legs underneath me, I'm a little frustrated that I haven't always felt that way yet. Uh, my boss, who's an amazing uh, mentor and encourager, has told me, Chuck, give it six months before you feel like you know what you're doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that in my head, and I'm praying to St. Faustina, and, um, and I'm, I'm saying, Jesus, I trust in you, and I really do, that I'll do well at this job. But I feel like I'm in the right place for who I am and what I am. I wear the Aggie ring. I wear the, the, the faith in my heart as a Catholic, as a Brian boy, as an Aggie, and as a guy who isn't afraid to go out and talk and tell the mission and story of this beautiful vocation that is St. Joseph. Um, I think I'm in the right place, and I just pray I do well. So I would ask you to pray for me that I do well. I certainly will. And um, I know that your mom is interceding for you as well. And um, we just want to thank you for being here and sharing your story with us and encourage our listeners uh, to go to the St. Joseph website if you really want to find the information out how to get a hold of Chuck. I know that it's out there or uh, contact the radio. But um, it's been a pleasure to have you here, and thank you so much for was, taking the time to be Thank you here. so much for letting me. I, yeah. I really appreciate that mm, so much. You could have bought my lunch at Loopy Tortilla, but you didn't. <laughs> uh, so uh, God bless you, and God bless you, our listeners. And thank you for listening. And remember, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, always round up. <laughs>